This is it now, is it? <laughs> Welcome to the Park End live stream. And you might have just heard me shout out, is this it? Because apparently it is. I didn't have that much warning from my media crew. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm Owen and um, this is Park End Church. And we're live streaming tonight because you know why. And it's anxious and troubling times for lots of people. So we welcome you here tonight to hear Psalm 23, read, and then I'm going to teach on it. So, uh, like I said, my name's Owen, and whatever sort of your background or creed or belief system is, we welcome you here to Park End Church. And God willing, we're going to be putting loads of content out on our internet pages, so stay tuned on that. Now, can I invite you to find a Bible or look on your phone or something and dig out Psalm 23, which is one of the most famous passages in the Bible. So I'll give you 10 seconds to do that. And for the Park End children which are watching tonight, grab a pen and a piece of paper and draw a shepherd leading sheep, just leading them, all sorts of sheep, different shapes and sizes, different mental states and emotional states, Jesus leading them to a party, all right? And then send them in and we'll stick them up on the, the Facebook pages. So find Psalm 23 and it should be coming up on our screen. So I'm going to read it and you can follow it along. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love, you might also have mercy there, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So there's a few different versions of that, but don't worry, uh, we'll go over the heart of the meaning now. Uh, these are troubling and worrying times, actually, for many people, but it's also an opportunity, if you are a human being, tuning in tonight, which I assume you are, to realize you are actually made for something better than good health. And you can experience a joy and peace tonight, which is even better than if you were well, because there's a virus going around and some people are getting worried and anxious and sick. Humans aren't made to just be well, they're made for something deeper. And we've plastered Psalm 23 all over the church screens as people walk past the building, they can read it because in Psalm 23, we see what we are really about and what our hope truly is. So I'm not anxious about the coronavirus. In fact, I'm not anxious really about any forms of illness or death. And the reason is, when I was 19, um, I investigated the claims of Jesus quite deeply. I always knew about him roughly, but I went deep into it, who he was, 
what he claimed he was and what he can do for people. And what I found was, just back up a minute, I'm actually a skeptic. And I don't want to believe something unless there's not much evidence for it. I want to place my trust in something credible. And if I'm going to rely on something or someone or give my life to something, there has to be persuasive evidence and reason behind it. And what I found with Jesus was the evidence is overwhelming, historical evidence that he can be paid attention to tonight and trusted with our fears and anxieties that we have literally this moment. Maybe that's why we're tuning in. With our sins, our godlessness, our spiritual sort of disconnection from the living God, with the coronavirus and what next week might hold for us. All of that can be placed in the hands of Jesus, and he is trustworthy. And Park and Church learn every week throughout the week how Jesus is big enough to handle life's big questions. Birth, purpose, death, decay, what happens afterwards, everlasting life. And we've picked Psalm 23 tonight because it's all in here. So, Psalm 23 is clearly seen. Lots of people think that Psalm 23, it was written by a king called David. Lots of people think that David was written, writing just about himself. And he was sort of the first ever social media sort of narcissistic chap who just liked to write lots of poems about what his day had been like and nothing more. But actually, David had the spirit of God in him and he wants his readers to think about Jesus and how special Jesus is. Um, so it's actually a prophecy written about a thousand years before Jesus was born and it's all about what Jesus would go through. So this is history written in advance and it is a blessing and David did write it but it's not a blessing because it's about what David went through when he was worried. It's a blessing because the central figure of Psalms 22, 3 and 4 is Jesus and what he goes through he pulls us through and to as well. So I'm going to give you some homework. Um, yep. Psalm 22 is about Jesus's death and what he went through. Just read it, it's moving stuff this week. Psalm 23 is about his journey through the valley of the shadow of death. And then Psalm 24 is about his welcome home party. So there's your homework for this week. Read Psalm 22, 23 and 24 and have Jesus in mind. So, you probably know Psalm 23 by heart. Here's verse one again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want, or I shall not lack anything. So here, Jesus is teaching us he won't lack anything in life if he's got the Lord guiding him, his Father God. So, the coronavirus is sort of worming around the place. There's tons of ways to escape worry and anxiety, or guilt, or sin. There's tons of things to just bury or suppress those dark sort of emotions we have. Um, you could, like, um, buy a fortune cookie 
if they're still in Sainsbury's, maybe they've all been taken. Or you could go to a palm reader. Actually, in the last week, because we uh, did a talk recently on internet pornography addiction, the, the increase, the spike of watching porn has been astronomical in the last seven days because tons of people are just at home now with time on their hand, worried. And what are they doing with their free time or anxiety or whatever it is? Cravings, whoops, cravings. They're actually watching porn. But Jesus here in Psalm 23 goes to the Father for everything in his life. And he basically teaches there is no greater comfort than that. If I have the living God, I lack nothing else. I don't need anything else. Other things are nice and I'm thankful for them, but the one thing I need as a human is the Father God in my life, his hope and his peace for guidance to get me through a night's sleep. I don't know if you've ever found this, that someone who's been through something is often the best person to help you get through something. And it's the same with Jesus. Psalm 23, in fact, the whole Bible is about Jesus and what he went through in life and death and resurrection. He knows death and he knows how to comfort because he has been comforted and so now he can comfort others, he can guide. See, when Jesus was born, God the Father guided him through life and gave Jesus safe passage through death back to life eternal in heaven and glory. He went through the cross for the sins of the world and the Father protected Jesus from the nasty powers of death which tried to cling on to Jesus, pin him down and hold him. But the Father God, he led Jesus through that difficult time. But at Easter, you all know, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus because death couldn't hold him. I think I read today in Italy in the last 24 hours of all ages, 800 people have died. That's a lot. And death is horrible. And death is unpleasant and worrying. But here, we're learning about the Lord God who gets death and understands it and feels it. And so Jesus can become a shepherd for us tonight because he's faced it. He knows what to do with it. He knows how to handle it. John chapter 10, verse 11, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. So Psalm 23 teaches us tonight, we do not have a Lord God in heaven who's apathetic to us during this uh, spate of the coronavirus. Or if loved ones pass away, we don't have a God that's aloof and doesn't care about things like death. We actually have a God who pays attention during these things and he can shepherd us. Then the psalm increases the hope for us tonight. And in verse 3, um, in the ancient Hebrew, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In the ancient Hebrew, and I think it's in the 
passage we've put up there for you on the screen. It, it is actually, he refreshes or he brings back my soul. What's he bringing my soul back from? Well, if you go back and do your homework after and read Psalm 22, it's quite clearly talking about from the death that the Lord Jesus was going through. Death. I want to be uh, clear tonight. Uh, the Bible teaches that death and decay are a horrible thing. They're an enemy and they are a result of sin. They're, they are a result of people who have pushed the arm of the living God away. And so as a result, if he's life and we've pushed him away and want to be our own God and our own boss, what happens to his creatures and all things created then, if they push the source of life away, we are left with nothing but decay and death and judgment. Think of an apple pulled off away from a tree, disconnected from the source of life. The thrusting away of God's arm is the only reason why we're not experiencing his everlasting life tonight because we thrust away the life of God. It's a really serious problem, and people are finding that out, and actually are being forced to confront it now, perhaps more than ever in the West, taken and shaken from a life of comfort to realize, oh man, I am actually just like a blade of grass. Where am I headed? What's going on? I remember when it was brought home to me how like stained we are, with this sin and decay and disease and death. I once took a flight to America, to New York, and I, on the eight-hour flight, um, I got chatting to the lady next to me, and she was in a dazzling white sort of um, suit, and I was like, oh, sharp. Well, what, what are you doing wearing that in the aeroplane? And she said, she had just been to Oxford Street in London and picked out this really expensive dazzling white suit because she was flying to America to meet her daughter that she hadn't met for years and she wanted to look the part when they first met. Wow, it was a lovely um, suit. Anyway, she started doing a Sudoku and I quite like Sudokus and I'm interested in them. So I was looking over her shoulder and looking at what she was doing. At the same time though, I had just ordered and bought a a, a can of Coke from the um, Air Stewardess. And the can of Coke was on the flip down bit of the back of the seat. And as I leaned over, I accidentally knocked the Coke. And the world just stopped into slow motion as the dark beads of Coke flew through the air. And I watched them slowly but surely make their way down to the wonderful white legs. And what started was small and grew and grew and grew and stained the trousers. And then she began to cry and I wanted to cry. And I left and went to the toilet and stayed there for quite an embarrassingly long time, possibly for the rest of the trip. You know, in Judges chapter three, when Ehud goes in the toilet and it says he was there to the point of embarrassment, it was that. And the lovely white, suit was stained and the bible talks about humans who actually are stained 
by this disease which can go nowhere near the living God, which is sin and death and decay. Where else are we going to go but death if we reject the God of life? So death is super powerful, and so we needed someone to join us in our plight, because it keeps killing us off. We needed someone to join it, take it on, and disarm it. And you need that tonight with all these worries and anxieties. What's going to happen? You need someone that's stronger than decay, disease, death, sin, illnesses, anxiety, things that should not be in this world. And that champion who came and sorted it out is Jesus. He joined us in our plight. And so in verse 3 where it says, this is a path of righteousness, and the Lord God was leading him down a path of righteousness. Of course this was a good path. It's a good thing that he's doing this for us. It's a righteous thing. Here's verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus didn't peer in to our biggest problem, which is death and separation from God. He didn't drive around it. He went straight through it straight through the valley of the shadow of death. And Jesus, and only Jesus, reduces death to a shadow of what it used to be. Now, I'm 34 years old, and I've got two boys. One is four, and one is six. And we're at that point now where they're beginning to actually beat me when we have play fights. And I'm not pretending, they are beginning to get the better of me. And at the end of the day, I stagger up to bed and sort of say to Rita, my wife, I am a shadow of what I used to be in my prime where I could take people on. I could. I know what you're thinking. I could in my day. The cameraman's laughing, but I could. And, but I can't anymore. And I got a bad back and I'm aching. And I say to Rita, I'm sorry, Rita, but your husband is a shadow of what he used to be. I'm an old, haggard version of my former glory. And this psalm is teaching us death, because it's picked a fight with Jesus, which was a bad decision, it is now an old, an old haggard version of what it used to be. It's in its final stages, awaiting its ultimate death blow. Death picked a fight with the wrong Lord. And we learn that in Psalm 23, that Jesus brings death and decay and separation from his Father God to its knees. So let me put it like this, for the big questions in life that we all need to sort out, follow Jesus tonight, just talk to him, cry out, turn from a life without him, turn from false idols, he's the only one worth idolizing, turn to him, and then none of us need fear, illness, decay, or death, because he'll be with us in it, and he'll handle it, and he'll bring us through to a better place in it, along the way, blessing us, even in sickness, and then one day bringing us to where he is. The Bible says this, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. So to close, 
Perhaps the best bit of the psalm is verse 5 to the end, you can read it later, it's basically we now are guests invited to this one guest arriving at his party back home. And we're just sort of peering in, which is why the children are drawing the shepherd leading sheep back to a party, because we get to peer in. Here, from five to the end, is the son going back to his father's mansion on the other side of death. He is away from the place of death and sin and decay. And the original in verse 6, it reads, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The actual in the Hebrew there says, returns. I'm returning to the house of the Lord forever. It's, Dave, it's not David, it's the Lord returning to where he came from before he entered planet Earth, the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23 is about Jesus' return home. And wherever he goes, he brings his church along with him. He says in John chapter 14, he basically opens this up to everyone now, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms or even mansions in some versions. If that were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go there to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me where I am. He also says, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Not really, you'll just fall asleep and wake up there with him. He also says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he will live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Here's my last question. What is the hope for every human being on planet Earth tonight? It's Jesus, who is the Christ. The Christ means the anointed one, the priest anointed with oil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. In the ancient church, the priest used to get drenched in oil, and it was a picture of him being covered in the Holy Spirit. Then he would get busy connecting humans back to God. And here's Jesus saying, I am the anointed priest to bring everyone tonight back to God. I am the king, not Boris. I am the king. Here, we learn that Jesus is overflowing with power and success to bring people out of sin, separation, worry, anxiety, death. And each one of us can be part of the joy that he now experiences in heaven as the overflowing ruling priest, prophet, and king. May Jesus comfort and keep you all now and forevermore. I'm going to pray now, and I invite you to pray with me. And it might be the first time you've ever prayed, and that's fine. What a moment this is. So please, pray with me. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you would help us now turn from godlessness to Jesus, and that Jesus would reveal you, Father, to us, and teach us all about you, and how you're the God of life and joy and peace. Please, Lord, may Jesus be our shepherd 
tonight as we spend our evenings wherever we go. And through the night, may Jesus calm our, our anxiety, take away our doubts and fears. May Jesus turn all of our sorrows into joy. We pray for our government that Jesus would whisper wisdom to them on how best to operate in this difficult time. We pray that the government would carry on letting churches preach the truth that Jesus is Lord and reigning supreme tonight over the coronavirus or any causes of anxiety we might be experiencing now. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We thank you for joining this live stream. And in a moment, we're going to upload a song, Amazing Grace, that the musicians here at Park End recorded for you a few weeks ago. Thank you, and we will see you soon. <laughs> 